Hello, and welcome back to another spooky season episode of Chasing Childhood. My name is Steph. And I'm Lex. And we are a weekly podcast where we revisit our favorite childhood movies and video games to see if they still hold up as adults. This is a very special episode, you guys. Yeah. We are 150 today. Today. Happy birthday to us. I know. I literally asked Lex seconds before we recorded this. <laughs> are we? Is this episode 150? And it is. Like, is this? I'm like, She's read like, the outline. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> read the title, please. It was in another no. tab, okay? <laughs> but I'm so happy we're like the sea turtles. We're yeah. so elderly. Oh my gosh. If only I could be crush. <laughs> oh, I am. It just, it's an honor. It's an May honor. I just say, it's it's been an honor serving with you, my friend. Yeah, it has been so wonderful. I think we literally just passed our three-year anniversary, so. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. We're so old, we don't even remember when our anniversaries are. We don't. <laughs> we're doing we're our like, best, okay? <laughs> we're like an old married couple. We're like, yeah. what day is it? <laughs> we're like, we know the amount of years. We don't know the exact day. <laughs> like, listen, we know the general aesthetic, okay? We know the yeah. vibes. We don't yeah. know what the is numbers. The, uh, What's the 150 year anniversary? Like, what is that? Girlfriend, <laughs> you know, like, I don't Golden is know. 50. What's 150? Like, I don't know. We get each other <laughs> fossils. Fossils. Yeah. I'm like, how long does it take to make like a diamond or something? Like, I don't understand. Oh, yeah. I don't know. You have to like make it like yourself, like crush it in the earth. Yeah. Under the pressure of being human in the world today. I think our uh, 150 year like anniversary is I give you a new nephew. <laughs> like, that's, that's the 150 year. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I'm going to birth a whole child oh just to gosh. give you. <laughs> what an icon. Uh, doing my best here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh my All gosh. All right, guys. So this week we're watching a Tim Burton classic called The Corpse Bride. Yes, absolutely. And before we get into it, everyone, we're going to play a fun little Would You Rather Halloween edition. Woo! Yes. So we're going to give each other two options and we have to say which one we would rather do or have or whatever. So okay, you guys cool. know how the game works. It's would you rather. Let's do it. All right. So would you rather eat candy corn or a caramel apple? I'd rather do a caramel apple because I think candy corn tastes like socks. <gasps> how dare you? Ooh, are you going to pick candy corn? <laughs> I would actually pick candy corn just because of the easiness of it. Mm. Like you can just pop them in. Caramel apples, I love the flavor, but like they get stuck in my teeth and I don't like how sticky caramel is. Yeah, I mean, you bite into them and it's like, I don't need my teeth yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, if it was like a chocolate-covered apple, I'd be in. Oh, 100%. Yum. So good. Both options, great. Yup. All right, Lex, would you rather carve pumpkins or go to a corn maze? I'd rather go to a corn maze. I'm going to be honest. I love carving pumpkins. It's funny because I actually have a picture of me carving pumpkins with your brother, Michael, and my <laughs> hand is in the pumpkin. I'm, I'm making like a gagging face because of the <laughs> grossness of it. Um, but I think I'd rather go to a corn maze. I love stuff like that. Um, I actually haven't carved a pumpkin in like a few years. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. And I get stressed out. Like as a creative person, <laughs> if my pumpkin is not perfect, I get pissed. Yeah. 
I feel like that's why I like carving pumpkins is I like the creative outlet. Like I can put anything I want on this and try to make it, you know, super good. But I used to, I remember I got stressed out as a kid all the time. Like if I messed up something, my dad would have to give me toothpicks so I could like put pieces back on. But (laughs) I think I'd rather go to a corn maze just because I haven't been to one in a really long time. Like, I love carving pumpkins. I really do. We have one on our porch that we're going to carve this year. Aww. But I just haven't been to a corn maze in a long time, and I think I miss going to them, so I think I'd pick I that. Know. Honestly, I wish catapulting pumpkins was an option, because that it would be It is if fun. you come to my house that- and toss them in the backyard. <laughs> Full contact pumpkin carving, guys. I love it. <laughs> All right. The next one is, would you rather watch Halloween Town or Hocus Pocus? I think I'd rather watch Halloween Town because as much as I love Hocus Pocus, Halloween Town really gets me in the Halloween yeah. spirit, like without a doubt, like even just hearing the music from it, I get super jazzed. Ugh, I just saw that Urban Outfitters has the Halloween Town vinyl and I'm like, oh. it's taking everything in me not to buy like the... Yes, there's just something about it. It's so, it's so good. good. Um, I... That's so hard. I love Halloween Town, but Hocus Pocus is like more quotable to me. So I think I would probably watch Hocus Pocus. It's a great movie. Yep. All right. Would you rather create a monster like Frankenstein or turn into one like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? I think I'd like to turn into one. Because, I mean, creating a monster is all fine and dandy, but like becoming one and not even knowing that you are the monster um, would be like so much fun I'd be like tell me the hot (laughs) goss about myself what did I do last night it's like what's the difference between that and getting drunk like (laughs) just tell me what I did last night and also like built-in deniability like I had nothing to do with this yeah I don't like the responsibility of creating a monster like yeah if it's me then it's me you know like you're already creating a monster (laughs) yeah I'm literally like building one in my uterus right now I'm doing enough so, yeah. yeah, I think I'd rather turn into one because I don't have to turn into Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like I could turn yeah. into like, a werewolf or something, you know? Yeah, that would be fun. That'd be so fun. Wh- which brings us to our next question. Would you rather <laughs> be a vampire or a werewolf? Are you Team Edward or Team Jacob? If basically? I had to choose, I'd rather be a vampire than be a werewolf. Ooh. I feel like furballs are going to be like a whole issue. But it, so if I have to choose, I'd rather be a vampire. Listen, just give me a month without shaving my legs and I practically am a werewolf. <laughs> True Blood just made being a vampire seem so fun. So yeah. that's what I want to do. Oh, in the Vampire Diaries. Yeah, the Vampire Diaries, they have a great time. But there are too many vampire movies and shows out there. I, I'm just like curious about being a werewolf. You should watch Teen Wolf. <laughs> I just really love like... I think we talked about this before, but I just like love the crescent moon symbol and stuff like that. I think werewolf is very much my vibe, especially after watching Monster High with Maya. Oh, yeah. When they're so cool. I think I'd probably choose werewolf. Yeah. I love it. All right. Would you rather go to a haunted house or a graveyard at midnight? C. None of the above. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say that's not your scene. That's definitely my scene. (laughs) Absolutely not. I'd rather stay my ass right at home. I think I could do the graveyard at midnight. I've been to plenty of graveyards, so I think I could do graveyard just because with a graveyard, you can leave. And I'd be afraid that like a door would slam shut in a house. And that (gasps) freaks me out more. Like something about 
having someone else in a house with me who's not supposed to be there yeah scares me way more than like being outdoors and having like a ghost walk by you know what I mean that's true especially because it's like it's not familiar territory it's very like yeah someone else kind of has the upper hand I also just like have such a fear of like waking up in the middle of the night and having like a ghost standing over me that like (gasps) being in a house where like seeing that happen even if it's not my house would make me super afraid coming back to my house I'd be like oh my god there's gonna be a ghost in my hallway you know there's a graveyard I can like mentally separate myself from it I almost had a moment like that the other day when Maya like snuck into my room one morning and like woke me up and I literally was about to like smack her I was about to be like get out tiny demon like I was about to like karate chop her um (laughs) But yeah, um, just because of what you said, I'm going to pick graveyard too. Yeah. I just feel like you can, you can mentally partition yourself away from it once you're done. You're like, yep, that happened over there. It's over now. (laughs) Yep. So would you rather have a fun costume or a scary costume? I am all about fun and funny costumes. I do love a good scary costume, but I think I'd only really want to wear one of those if I was like somebody working a haunted house, you know, like. I think funny costumes or costumes that are like a movie reference of some kind are always like way more fun for me. So that's personal. My personal I agree. Yeah. And also, um, I just remembered you're not going to be here for like our Halloween episode. So what are you going to be this year? Do you know? So we don't have costumes because we're coming back literally like the day before Halloween. So... We're going to basically just go as like whatever we find. So I have right now a glow in the dark skeleton shirt and it has a skeleton baby where my baby oh, is. No. And so I'm going to wear this cute little like glow in the dark skeleton shirt. And I think Aww. Tyler might have something skeleton related as well. So, yeah, we're just we're going like super low effort this year yeah. because there's just no time to put together a whole ensemble. Right. Um. Yeah, I would probably say the same. I love fun costumes, obviously. Like, I think this year I'm being a Powerpuff girl with two yes. of my coworkers. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to be Bubbles. Oh, Bubbles! You are such I a am, Bubbles. That I works. am very Bubbles. <laughs> Me and my coworker, like, we're polar opposites. Like, she's kind of grouchy and grumpy when you don't know her. So, like, she's very much Buttercup. And my what just comes to mind is the episode where they're like, she's probably upstairs saying I'm going to be the prettiest girl at the party. And then Bubbles is upstairs like, I'm going to be the prettiest girl at the party. I'm like, that's literally us to a T. I love it. Would you rather drink apple cider or a pumpkin spiced latte? Oh, this one's so hard. Because if it's fresh apple cider, like I know what you're going to choose, obviously, because yeah, you don't obviously. drink coffee. I don't drink coffee. <laughs> but... Like fresh apple cider is like banging. Like there's no comparison. So good. So good. But I drink pumpkin spice lattes like every day. So I'd be like a heathen (laughs) if I don't choose that. I'd be banished from every Starbucks. Yeah. Because one barista is going to listen to this and be like, where is she? Where is she? They're like cocking their gun as we speak. I literally have apple cider in my fridge right now. Like I love because I drink cider, you know, when I am not pregnant, I can drink cider like hard cider all the time. I love it so much. So I feel like even if I did drink coffee, I'd be a total liar if I didn't pick any type of cider. (laughs) Yes. Two quick notes, guys. Sparkling apple cider is like the best thing ever. It's so good. And second thing, get a pumpkin spiced 
chai tea latte from Starbucks. It's so good. Like you, it's not even coffee. It's literally tea and it's amazing. Yum. I love that for you. Yes. So the next one is, would you rather be a member of the Adams family or the Munsters? The Adams family, because they are so non-judgmental. Like the Munsters yeah. whole thing is that they have like their normal niece or whatever that lives with them. The yeah. Adams family, like, yes, they're like, okay, weirdos who are normal, but they love each other so much. And there is literally zero judgment, only encouragement from them. Like they're such like a wholesome family. So yeah, 100% Adams family. I agree. And they also have a pet in thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> I love that. But yeah, definitely Adam's family because they're not only non judgmental, but they're also so unhinged. Like, there's permanent tea there. Yeah, I love it. There's they've got centuries of gossip to tell me. <laughs> yeah, it's like reality TV. It's like who's killing who this week? Who's yes. fighting? Who's whatever, you know? Love it. All right. Would you rather hear Monster Mash or Werewolves of London on repeat? Oh, gosh. Both of the is a nightmare um <laughs> probably werewolves of london oh interesting yeah what about you monster mash is such a nostalgic song for me so i feel it like is. i have to pick that because just hearing it like yes it would be a cia torture device yeah. to me at some point but it gets me like so hyped <laughs> for oh my gosh. the fbi agents tuning into this right now are like jotting down yeah torture devices They're like how do i ruin their lives <laughs> i need some new material the next one is would you rather eat pumpkin pie or apple cider donuts i don't eat donuts so i'm going to pick pumpkin pie wow a heathen listen i love pumpkin pie so much <laughs> it's all about the apple cider donuts for me i'm obsessed I love that for you. You with your pumpkin spice latte, your apple cider donuts. Yes. You're living. Yes. Thriving. All right. Would you rather stay at Hotel Transylvania or the Haunted Mansion? Hotel Transylvania, 100%. I've never seen Hotel Transylvania, but it looks fun. Yeah. it's It literally looks like a blast. And nobody's out to kill you. Yeah. So the Haunted Mansion, <laughs> like everybody's trying to kill you. So like- yes. Hotel Transylvania looks like it'd be just a roar in good time. Yeah. Would you rather see a UFO or Bigfoot? Well, I've already seen a UFO before, so <gasps> I feel like Bigfoot is the only reasonable solution <gasps> here. This here, folks, Steph is not Steph. She was replaced by an alien clone. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I've seen She's not denying UFO it. footage. She's not denying She's changing the subject. <laughs> I've seen enough UFO footage. I've seen one in real life. I am so dedicated to my boy Bigfoot. I, I got to see Bigfoot. Oh, okay. All right. I would probably say Bigfoot. I'm just like, if you guys have ever seen, it doesn't air anymore. They have their own channel now, but the BuzzFeed Unsolved guys, Shane and Ryan, they have this whole episode where they go into the woods looking for Bigfoot. And Shane is like the skeptic of the two of them. And so he doesn't believe in anything, but he does yeah. believe in Bigfoot. And so they go and sit like on a log <laughs> and they like crack beers. And Ryan says like, what are you doing? And Shane's like, I'm cracking a cold one with Bigfoot, like waiting for him. <laughs> like, oh And I was like, gosh. I would do that. I would go into the woods and crack a cold one and wait for Bigfoot <laughs> and yep. be like, we're drinking together, buddy. Just <laughs> <So>. <laughs> like I would leave a six pack and some Cheetos out for I them would. immediately. I'm like, we're having a picnic, whether you want to have one with me or not <laughs> yeah 
Would you rather eat extreme warheads or hot tamales? Warheads. A hundred percent. I love warheads. I love warheads. They'll burn a hole in your tongue, but they're good. I was going to say they tear up the roof of your mouth, but they, they are do. banging. So good. Would you rather be chased by Michael Myers or have a nightmare featuring Freddy Krueger? That one's hard. They both suck. Yeah, they're the worst. (laughs) They're both both terrible. I don't know. I guess a nightmare featuring Freddy Krueger because Michael Myers is happening in like the real world and I don't like that. Yeah. So I guess Freddy Krueger because I feel like there's a way that like I could just not ever fall into REM sleep. Like I'll figure out a way that like I can sleep but without REM sleep. (laughs) That is horrible. I don't know. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I would choose Michael Myers because one, he walks everywhere. Oh, true. Two, um, what's her name? Jamie Lee Curtis has survived like 37 movies. So I'm like, there's hope <laughs> for me. You know what I mean? Like oh there's hope. And then I can also get a good night's sleep if I just lock my door and lock myself inside wherever I am. Hmm. That's fair. That's fair. I guess him being like a tangible person means he's killable. Yeah. Exactly. Freddy Krueger's harder. So I, yeah, I like that. I'll change my answer. (laughs) I'm like, I also just love my sleep. (laughs) Yeah, you make a good point. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, so that was our... That was fun. That was fun. That was our uh, Would You Rather game. And if you have any answers for for us if you have any fun replies definitely dm us yeah let us know if you disagree or if you have your own opinions on what you would rather do yeah now for the corpse bride Woo! all right corpse bride also known as tim burton's corpse bride is a 2005 stop motion animated musical fantasy film directed by mike johnson from the nightmare before christmas and Tim Burton from a screenplay by John August, Caroline Thompson, and Pamela Petler. The film was based on characters created by Burton and Carlos Grangel, who also worked on Madagascar and Shark Tale. The voice cast consists of Tim Burton regulars, Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter, and also features roles by Emily Watson, Tracy Ullman, Paul Whitehouse, Christopher Lee, Danny Elfman, and more. Corpse Bride is loosely based on a 17th century Jewish folktale called The Finger, which was introduced to Tim Burton during the making of The Nightmare Before Christmas by Joe Ranth. Corpse Bride premiered at the Venice International Film Festival on September 7, 2005 and was released in the United States on October 13, 2005. It became a critical and commercial success, grossing $118.1 million worldwide against a $40 million budget. The film received praise from critics for its animation, characters, songs, and humor. The film won a few notable awards, including an Annie Award, a Saturn Award, a British Animation Award, and more. And it was even nominated for Best Animated Feature at the 2006 Oscars, but lost to Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Also a great Halloween movie. (laughs) I was about to say, how did we not choose that for our rewatch? Great Halloween movie. (laughs) Wild. I forgot that movie even existed. I know. So funny. So if you haven't seen this since the early 2000s, or if you're like me and your mom never let you watch Tim Burton movies when you were younger, because she didn't want to watch Tim Burton movies, (laughs) here's a plot summary written by Film Fan UK on IMDb. When an arranged marriage between Victor Van Dort and Victoria Everglot reaches the rehearsals, Victor starts to get cold feet. Spending time alone in the forest, Victor decides to practice on his own. 
Everything seems to go well until he unknowingly puts the ring on the hand of a corpse. Victor is suddenly transported to the land of the dead and now has a corpse bride. Whilst everyone worries about who Victoria will marry in the land of the living, Victor struggles to find a way to get back. Ooh. Yikes. Pretty good. Imagine just strolling through the woods and then... You're married. Surprise, you're married (laughs) to someone who's not alive. You know, does that happen very often to people? Is that is that more common than we think? I'm like, listen, that's why you don't just go around saying vows, okay? You can't just be go putting <laughs> rings on things. <laughs> like, could you imagine me going around the grocery store just saying marriage vows out loud? <laughs> to like a piece of celery yes. and you just put a ring on it. <laughs> yes. Some worker at the local shop right is going to be like, oh, I've been I waiting do. for this day. <laughs> All right. Let's get into our fun facts. Let's do it. All right, our first fun fact is that composer Danny Elfman originally wrote the part of Bone Jangles, which is an excellent name, looking for another musician to sing for him. But after failing to find a voice actor that fit, director Tim Burton asked Danny Elfman if he would sing it, because we all know he can sing after The Nightmare Before Christmas. And And Oingo Boingo. Oingo Boingo, his amazing band. So the result was so brutal on his vocal cords that Danny Elfman was hoarse whenever he had to voice the character. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm like, oh man. It's like, I think uh, Matthew Lillard said something similar when he would first start doing the shaggy voice. Mm. He said that it would leave him really hoarse until I guess his voice got used to it. And I'm like, that's so rough on your vocal cords. I know. I also love that his name is Bone Jangles because it just reminds me of Bojangles. Bone Jangles. That would be, and I'm sure it is somewhere, the great name of a bar. I feel like like an- Isn't that the name of of a, like a restaurant, like a drive-through restaurant? Bojangles is. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Bojangles. No, I mean Bone Jangles would be a great name for like an oh. undead like bar. Like if you had that in like New Orleans or something. Yes. Like Bone Jangles would be hilarious. I was literally like, Bojangles is literally a restaurant. She's like, Bojangles exists, you idiot. I'm like, what the fudge? I was literally like, my driving instructor when I was in high school made me drive him to Bojangles during rush hour traffic because he wanted chicken okay I have trauma because of Bojangles I'm dead (laughs) and then after all that he was like do you want a drink (laughs) like do you want me to get you a soda or something okay I see why that you were like I know for a fact Bojangles exists I was like, what are you talking about? Um, Our next fun fact is that the puppets were created by McKinnon and Saunders, a puppet making company based in Manchester, England. Over the years, their team has worked on such projects like Fantastic Mr. Fox and TV's Bob the Builder. For the 30 main players in Corpse Bride's story, a grand total of 300 puppets were built, the most expensive of which commanded a $30,000 price tag. Whoa, that's a lot. crazy. Excessive a little bit, but okay. Holy moly. Wow. And where are I they now? Know. Yeah. Who has them now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are they just sitting in a warehouse somewhere? Like, if anybody has dirt. a spare Emily puppet, I would like to purchase it off of you. <laughs> 100%. All right. So our last fun fact is that the puppets themselves were 25 to 28 centimeters, which is about 9.8 to 11 inches tall. Oh, wow. Some of the stages for this movie were so large that animators could actually fit through the set doors with very minimal crouching. Wow. So 
they were bigger than I thought they'd be. Yeah. I'm like, I always thought that they would be tiny. Yeah, that's almost a foot tall. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Someone should send that to um, Subway and let them know how <laughs> how big a foot long actually needs to be. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> your foot longs are no longer a foot long and I can prove it. Yes. <laughs> and this foot long costs $30,000. So get it together, Subway. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's get into it. Let's do it. When was the last time you saw this and have you ever seen this? I probably haven't watched this in like 10 years. Oh, wow. But I did watch it when it first came out in theaters. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I went with some friends and this is when I first started getting introduced to Tim Burton. Yeah. And I like really wasn't sure because I was like, my mom doesn't like Tim Burton. Oh, no. I don't even (laughs) like this. And I think this is what turned me on to Tim Burton. And I watched The Nightmare Before Christmas not long after this. So this is my first Tim Burton experience. And I remember being like 12 years old and I fell in love absolutely just like fell in love with the story with the animation and this kind of is what propelled me towards the nightmare before Christmas yeah and then you were hooked I was totally hooked (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I haven't seen it in about 10 years I just I don't know why I just haven't had like an inkling or like an urge to watch it not that I like didn't like it but I just I don't know it just never like in my 20s has not come up as something like I needed to watch right in that moment so what about you? Yeah. I mean, the rewatchability of it, I feel like is definitely less than The Nightmare Before Christmas. Like it was, yeah. it was, it was enjoyable, but I feel like it just wasn't something that you can just watch on repeat constantly. But I had never seen this. I woo, watch tons of makeup tutorials on YouTube and every Halloween someone does a Corpse Bride tutorial. So I like knew of the character and right. I knew that it was Tim Burton. And the animation looked really cool, but I just had never seen this until this week. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So let's get into it. What did you think? Um, I thought it was really good. I liked it. I also, I noticed more, I feel like, in this one, as opposed to, like, Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline, the characters in this all looked so tired, like, permanently tired. And yeah so skinny that's why I was so shocked to see that like what you said like all the puppets were almost a foot tall because their limbs the way that they're animated are so thin I don't know how they stood up I don't know how they kept the dolls up I was literally like how did they not break yeah yeah they are very very thin and that's like kind of a Tim Burton classic right like yeah you think of the nightmare before Christmas Jack Skellington is very spindly and very very skinny and This one, I feel like, was much more of, like, the Tim Burton-style animation that I'm familiar with and, like, used to, whereas Coraline, I remember we were talking about how it's it's kind of creepy like Tim Burton, but it's not Tim Burton. Yeah, I keep forgetting it's not Tim Burton. But it's, like, but it's that kind of, like, puppet, like, creepy animation, but it's not quite the same. But this looks much more like the Nightmare Before Christmas style, which, you know, tracks. But yeah, this movie, everybody, I don't know if it's because they're supposed to be in Victorian England, but they all have like the dark circles under their eyes, which is not present in some of the other movies. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just like a stylistic choice for this movie. Steph's like the plague is a muck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, 
I thought that they all looked so tired. And yeah. when the camera first went to Captain Butchin, I was like, <laughs> he is literally the villain. Like the second he came on screen, I was the like, second absolutely you see not. Him. Yeah, he's got a villain face. He's got villain expressions. Like there's he's got no way. Entitlement just written yeah. all over him. <laughs> yeah, this movie, I feel like surprises you with how good the storyline is yeah and like the twists of it it's definitely in my opinion this movie isn't super kid friendly like i said unless you're watching it in like middle school and up right but, and it's like the storyline is very dark it's a very dark storyline mm-hmm. but i feel like the twists of it are so good and they're so fun and like very clever and creative yeah i thought it was so funny though because maya she came in probably halfway through and watched the rest of the movie with me. And she like was not scared at all. If anything, she kept asking so many questions. She was like, who's this person? Who are they related to? It got to a point where I was like, Maya, I'm trying to read. I'm trying, I'm trying to read. I can't hear without my subtitles. Please stop distracting me. Maya is a very special kid because Maya (laughs) is like, all into spooky stuff so I feel like she's like the exception where she like loves spooky and creepy stuff yeah she came in and I was like are you sure you want to watch this with me like it's about like dead people and she was like yeah I'm down (laughs) wow okay maybe we're wrong maybe this can't be watched by younger children maybe (laughs) um but yeah, so she, I thought it was really cute. I, I honestly really enjoyed the storyline. I was so involved in like the murder mystery yeah, part of it. And then when at the end, when um, Emily was like, you, I was like, <gasps> like I yeah. gasped. I was like, stop it right now. That twist got me. I remember watching it in the theater and being like, oh, my God. Yeah. He's the guy. <laughs> like, it's him. <laughs> not the guy. Not like <laughs> not like Spy Kids 3, the guy. Yeah, not <laughs> the guy. But, like, he's the murderer from the yes. beginning. Like, oh, so good. Yes. And also the part where all of the um, undead people come up from the grave and they, like, go yeah. to celebrate the wedding together. I was like, I didn't know where that was going. Because mm-hmm. they all just started walking around the earth and like chasing people and stuff like that. But when the little boy went up to the guy and he goes, Grandpa, I was yeah. so sad and happy at the same time. I was like, oh, that just broke my heart. Or the romantic skeleton who's like, frankly, my dear, I yes. don't give a damn. <laughs> exactly. And everybody starts reuniting with their dead loved ones. Oh, uh, It gave me big Coco vibes during that part, you know? Yeah, definitely. Oh, I also did not expect music to kick in so soon after mm-hmm. the movie began. Yeah. And it's this movie, I think, does a really good balance where it's not all music, but it does sprinkle it in just enough to like yeah. appease, I guess, the, the child element of it. Because I think this is rated PG. Mm-hmm. So it teases just enough to keep it kind of whimsical enough for kids. But yeah, I'm really happy that the movie like one isn't all music, but then does manage to like strike a really good balance, you know? Yeah, because one of the things that um, I actually didn't like much about the movie was I was like, the music was fine, but I kind of thought it didn't need music. Like I kind of thought it would have been fine without it. Um, but I will say that I loved the piano parts, like the parts where they're playing the piano. I'm a sucker for a piano and they were such beautiful songs. Yeah, they were gorgeous and it's just really beautiful. And I feel like some of these songs, while not like massively iconic, were just really nice to listen to. Yeah. And very well done. 
Yeah, I mean, I there's nothing like bad about the songs at all. I thought that they were really well done, and I honestly really enjoyed the first part where they were talking about having the wedding and they were like, everything mm-hmm. must go perfect. Um, yeah. I thought that was a fun song and it kind of introduced how those characters are, um, like their personalities and their characteristics and how like maniacal they are and like totally just crabby people. But um, <laughs> but overall, I was just like, this really doesn't need to be a musical at all. I was like, this kind of feel unnecessary, but... That's high praise from you because I know that you love a good musical number in a movie. So that's pretty that's pretty good coming from you like to that it didn't actually need that to yeah, keep your attention. Definitely. I I mean just in general I love the animation from Tim Burton movies just in general. I'm like it really transports you to a whole new world. I love this. You're such a convert. I love it. It <laughs> really such does. A it literally like it's so I feel like it's just because it's so well done and it's like I feel like when stuff is too animated nowadays like too CGI or mm-hmm. um too overdone it stops feeling like it doesn't hit the right chords where like it doesn't it's sh- not as emotional yeah but I love that they actually created these little like stop motion puppets and like everything like that because they actually put so much work into it and you can tell facial expressions yeah like you can feel that they literally put their hearts and souls into this yeah totally and there's something more I feel like something that I think you can connect to with stop motion and with puppets in general whereas like you said when something is just entirely 3d animated it's like I mean yeah they're they're expressive but like to me, they're still in my brain registering as like a computer rendered yeah. person. Yeah. Whereas you, I feel like there's just that little bit of overlap with puppets where, you know, they are slightly animated, but then they are so realistic and tangible yeah. at the same time where you can like relate to them more in mm-hmm. a way. Whereas, yeah, like I agree. I think that when you're just looking at like a 3D cartoon image, it's like, ah, well, I can't really like, I don't like I can like the storyline, but I don't identify with you or like feel all the emotions that you feel. And like with puppets, they literally have a human touch to them. Like they're literally (laughs) Literally. from the hands of people. But yeah. um, But yeah, I just especially during the part where they went to go see the elder guy um like that whole scene I was like this is so well animated I thought it was really cool yeah his animation is so cool I love when they're just like a straight-up skeleton (laughs) yes the thing that cracked me up though is like he's a straight-up skeleton with like a beard yeah (laughs) I'm like the wispiest beard (laughs) yeah I'm like okay um also what a cute puppy I love that she got him like his childhood puppy that part I remembered it when it finally happened and I was like, oh, because like, what would any of us give to be able to reunite Don't with our pet? Cry. I know, but like, think like, it's just, what would anybody give to reunite with their pet who they loved, who they lost? Like, it's just a really touching scene and it like, I think goes to Emily's character and just how thoughtful and considerate and just kind she yeah. is as a person and she didn't deserve to be murdered yes and it was after that scene that I was like Emily is so precious I she's so precious Victor better not hurt her like I was I know I was so team Emily at that point I was like are you kidding me right now I feel like I was team I'm always team Emily throughout yeah. the whole movie and 
like, yes, Victor should be with Victoria. Like, you know, he's Whatever. alive and he's got a whole life to live. Whatever. But I kind of always wish that, like, Emily had somebody or, like, found somebody, you know? It's like, she just makes me sad. Like, she obviously, like, gives up everything and is like, I don't want you to die. Like, I want you to live your life. And I'm like, she's just really selfless and just, like, a really good person. And I wanted her to have a happy ending that wasn't just, like, you get to go back to the underworld and you did a good thing, you know? Listen, okay, it is 17th century England here, okay? Let's be real. He's got about a week. He's like, I've seen... <laughs> He'll be here in a minute. I'm like, I've seen those bags under his eyes. He's about one rusty nail away from being with her forever, okay? There's no tetanus shot at this point. <laughs> There's nothing. Um, also, I would have been so mad if I was Victoria and I walked in on the wedding and it was the corpse bride that was like, this yeah. is wrong. Yeah, not and him, she, the corpse bride. <laughs> she forgived him in like a nanosecond. Yeah. I was like, girlfriend, I would have walked out. <laughs> I would have walked out. Victoria was also so sweet. I really liked her as well. I feel like she Victor was. didn't deserve either one of them. <laughs> like he they were really both didn't. so cute. They, you know what? Victoria and Emily should have just gone off together. Yeah. Like they should have just <laughs> effed off together, yes. hand in hand. Like I would have supported that. Victor was so wild. He was literally like out of sight, out of mind. He was like, if you're not right in front of me, I don't love you. Like Victor was out of pocket for the whole movie. Like yeah. he was a mess. This whole movie was so messy. Like the newsman that was yelling the embarrassment <laughs> to the whole town right in front of Victor. And then the people down in the underworld were literally, they had a whole song spilling the tea mm-hmm. about the corpse bride. Bone jangles, um, <laughs> gave it his all. Seriously. I was like, they literally made up a whole song for this. That is so messy. They're all, and they were all ready for the drama. Like every yeah. single one of them was living for the tea. Crazy. Um, also the villain in this did not do his research. I was like, sir. No, he did he not. He was so quick to latch on to Victoria. And I was like, sir, she broke. You I'm didn't even like, read a single newspaper. How did you not figure it out from coming into their house? They ain't got no furniture. They ain't yeah. got no furniture. How do you not know they have no money? Exactly. Like, they got one piano. That's it. <laughs> yep. And what I thought was funny too was like the news guy, the guy that was like yelling out all the tea to everyone. Uh-huh. I was like, he wasn't even there when Victor messed up the rehearsal, yet he announced it to the world, right? But he couldn't announce that her family was broke. I was like, how do you not know? Truly. You know all that, but you don't know they're broke. But yeah, the one part that made me cackle out loud was when the priest comes out and he's like, um, he's like, get out of here, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And they're like, keep quiet. We're in a church. Like, that was so funny. It was so good. Christopher Lee did a great job with that. Yes. But overall, I thought it was really good. Emily was definitely my favorite character. She was such a sweetheart. The best. Um, And then I just thought it was so original and so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like sad that I haven't watched this in 10 years because it I know. really did hold up for me. Like it's still as good as I remember it being. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I really have nothing else to say about this. I had such a fun time watching this that I kind of forgot to take notes and I was literally like I was literally like I don't know if there's anything I would have changed about this film like personally I know people like the music I probably would have taken the music out um and I probably would have shown Victor or Victoria like or I probably would have shown Victoria trying to like get out of her parents house more or like 
the more dynamic between her parents and Victor's parents or um, like more struggles of her parents being broke. Right. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I really have nothing else to say about this. I thought it was really good. Cool. Well, you want to move into our critic reviews? Yeah. Let's do it. So Corpse Bride received a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb, an 84% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, a 77% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, but four out of five stars on Common Sense Media. Sweet. So for our ratings, we can rate Corpse Bride on a scale from A plus to F minus. A plus meaning this movie is so cool, fun, and interesting. I loved everything about it. It's perfect for the spooky season. F minus meaning this movie is terrible, the plot and execution were lackluster, and I'd rather sit through five three-hour wedding rehearsals than watch this again. <laughs> Based on this rating scale, Lex, what would you rate The Corpse Bride? Um, I would probably give this... I'm going to say an A minus. I thought it was really good, um, but I probably won't like go straight to this for a rewatch. But yeah, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to give it an A minus as well. I think this movie is really great. It absolutely held up from when I watched it last. I think I will definitely watch it every year, but it's definitely not like my number one first watch for the spooky season, but it's definitely on the list. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So Thank you, everyone. Thanks for joining us. If you don't already, go give us a follow on social media. We can be found on Instagram and TikTok at Chasing Childhood Podcast and on Facebook at Just Chasing Childhood. Please go give us a rating when you get a chance. It only takes a few seconds and we appreciate any and all feedback. And Steph is leaving us for the next few episodes. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm going to Europe. (laughs) You're not sorry at all. Stop I'm not sorry at all. I'm going to Europe. (laughs) Stop Stop lying to the people. But I will have some fun collabs lined up, so you don't want to miss it, guys. Oh, my gosh. Lex has the coolest collabs lined up. You guys are going to love it. Please tune in because it's going to be a blast. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun without Steph. Listen, I will be listening to your collabs while I'm in Europe. I will have my Spotify playing. (laughs) She's like, I will be in France with a croissant and whatever else and a baguette. And I will be... (laughs) Listening in front of the Eiffel Tower. I will. And I'll take pictures of myself listening to you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's all I ask. Thank you. Wonderful. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Well, I'll see you next time. Bye. (laughs) Bye.